Uh, so goodness, uh, a new year is now upon us, and many of us, if, if not all of us, in some way, shape, or form, are, we're reflecting on the past year, and we're, we're hoping to make changes, resolutions as some call them, for how we hope to change and grow and improve in the coming year. Uh, some of us hope to embrace a better diet and exercise. Some of us hope to mend or to strengthen certain relationships or to embark on a particular mission or finish a project. Look, all those things are, are good things as we, as we come into the, to the new year. But underneath all of those good things, here's a, here's a question. What if we, the family of Oaks Church, were to together side by side throughout this coming year, as many days as Jesus gives us in this coming year, right? What if during these upcoming days we were to pursue the good and godly life that is laid out for us in God's word with more intentionality and zeal than in years past? What if together we were to pursue reading and reflecting on and responding to God's word with even more expectation and intentionality. Uh, it's the most profitable and uh, important resolution that any of us could make. If you're into the resolution sort of thing as we turn into the new year, as we ponder our goals and resolutions for the upcoming year, remember with me Jesus' words in Matthew 16. He says, what good is it for us to gain the whole world but to neglect our souls? In other words, what good is it to eat more green beans but to let your soul go hungry? What good is it to build your resume but to let your soul sit idle? What good is it to strengthen your body but to let your soul go weak? Physical training is good, the Apostle writes. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Timothy 4. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better because it benefits us in this life and the life to come. And so the wisest and most profitable commitment you and I could make, once again, for however many days the Lord gives us, is to pursue the good godly life that Jesus died and rose to give us. Uh, Lord willing, on Sunday, January 9th, we're going to begin a 20-week series entitled The Good Godly Life, and in it, we hope to journey through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount from Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. Uh, theologians call it the greatest sermon ever preached and it is the greatest sermon ever preached because in it, from the mouth of Christ himself, we are given the keys to the good, godly life that is ours in him yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever. And so I'm really excited uh, for that series. But for this morning, uh, we're gonna consider Psalm 119, verses nine through 16. So if you haven't already turned there, I would invite you to do so. Uh, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in all of Scripture, and though we don't know for certain, it was very likely written by King David, 
Uh, Many theologians refer to this psalm as the saint's alphabet. Uh, It's so simple and plain that young children can grasp what is being said here, but also Psalm 119 is structured as an acrostic of the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Now, if you're turned there to Psalm 119, notice with me how it is divided into 22 sections, and each of those sections begins with a heading, such as Aleph and Beth and Gimel and Daleth, and I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of those words. Those headings are the Hebrew ABCs. And the first section uh, is the Hebrew letter A, The second section is the Hebrew letter B, the letter C follows, and so on. But what's more, and it's just really interesting, is that underneath each of those headings and every one of those sections, there are exactly eight verses. And the first word of each verse in each section begins with the same Hebrew letter uh, of the alphabet as its title. Now, this doesn't translate well into the English language because English reads from left to right, but the Hebrew language reads from right to left. This is all just cool information, right? Uh, It's not going to change any of our day, Uh, but but what is and what's what's, the the point and the the, the idea behind diving into this passage, what we're going to see, whoever wrote this psalm was an absolute lover of God's word and wholly committed to living according to it. And we're going to see that there is blessing and there is benefit in that disposition. And so I'm going to read Psalm 119, follow along, starting in verse 9, going through verse 16. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you say a word of prayer with me? Well, Father, we believe that you were just glorified in the reading of your word, uh, but we ask, be glorified in our continued reading and hearing and applying and doing your word that we might be doers and not just hearers today. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So, 43% of the Bible is narrative. And the narrative books of the Bible, like the book of Genesis, they tell the story of God displaying his glory through the creation and redemption of the world. 24% of the Bible is prose discourse. And the prose discourse books of the Bible, like the book of Philippians, uh, they don't tell a linear story but instead they they, they contain thoughts and concepts and direct calls to action. Lastly, 33% of the Bible is poetic wisdom like books, uh, uh, like like Psalms. 
and they don't tell a linear story, nor do they make explicitly direct calls to action. Instead, they use creative language and image and metaphor and song to help us envision and to feel the truth about our God and the truth about our lives in light of God. And so Psalm 119, of course, falls into that category. It's a poetic song. It's, it's a prayer that helps us to see God's desire for us in relation to his word. And so for the remainder of our time, we're not going to do crazy heavy lifting this morning, but we're going to look at two points. We're going to look at two blessings, two benefits that are enjoyed by those who dwell in God's word. Number one, holiness. Number two, happiness. Let's look at number one, holiness. In verse nine, the psalmist rhetorically cries out to God, how can a young man keep his way pure? That would be a miracle, right? Well, by guarding it according to your word. Verse 11, I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. 15, I will meditate on your precepts, on your word, and I will fix my eyes on your ways. In verse 9, 11, 15, living in purity, abstaining from sin, and walking in the ways of God, well, this is holiness. This is what it means to, to be holy. As the apostle Peter uh, admonishes in 1 Peter 1, he says, be holy as God is holy. Right? There's more to holiness than just purity, but purity is encapsulated by holiness. I've never met a true Christian who has no interest in living a holy life, a life that is pure and pleasing to God. I've never met a true Christian who does not desire to do that because every true Christian's heart has been and is being made new by God the Spirit himself. Every true Christian's mind has been renewed by God's Spirit. And the same Holy Spirit who convicts us of our sin and brings us into relationship with God through the work of Christ, that same Holy Spirit graciously does not allow us to flounder forever in apathy, indifference, and hard-heartedness. Praise God. Every true Christian experiences and endures seasons of apathy, seasons of indifference, seasons of hard-heartedness, but those seasons do not last forever because as the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 3, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty there. There is freedom there. And we, he writes, beholding the glory of God, are being transformed from one degree of glory to another and this all comes from the Holy Spirit, the Lord who is the Spirit. Uh, this is why every true Christian here, every true Christian that I know, every true Christian you know, is slowly but surely growing and growing in their desire to be holy and pure and pleasing to the God who created, loved, and saved us from sin. So, as God's redeemed people, how can we keep our way pure? How can we avoid the many pitfalls of sin that are prowling around? How can we navigate which way to go when life seems to be spinning in circles? Don't know if you've ever experienced that. Well, 
Each day, little by little, read God's word, reflect on God's word, and respond to God's word, not just by hearing it, but by doing it. We're not guaranteed tomorrow or the next day or the next day after that, but what we are guaranteed, you and I, is right now. And that's what we are presently accountable for, is right now. And so little by little, each day, read a chapter or two or three of God's word. And as you do, ask yourself reflecting questions. What does this passage tell me about God and about how I am to relate to him? What does this passage tell me about people and about how I am relate to them? I am to relate to them. What does this passage tell me to think, believe, desire, and do? And after you and after I have done some simple reflecting such as that, we get to consider the next 12 or so waking hours of our day as an opportunity to respond to what we have read. I mean, at work, at school, at the gym, at the store, at home with the army of kids. So being pure, holy, pleasing to God consists, starts in responding to his word in simple, obedient ways throughout the only day you and I are presently accountable for. Right now. It's all we're presently accountable for. If tomorrow comes, okay, we'll do it again. And if the next day after that comes, okay, we'll do it again. And the gradual, day-by-day culmination of all this will amount to what the psalmist is so joyfully singing about, a life that is pure and pleasing to God. Now, hallelujah, many of you are already doing this. Well done, and praise the Lord. Now, if all of us, all of us, the whole family of Oaks Church were to lean into this for as many days as God gives us in 2022, we would taste the blessings and the benefits of dwelling in God's word. A few weeks ago, uh, I was assembling a piece of furniture. That doesn't happen very often, but I was doing that. Uh, And it came with an instruction manual, but as I do with most instruction manuals, I just left it in the box and I followed my heart on how the uh, furniture should be assembled, right? The only problem uh, was that the finished project, uh, the finished product was anything but sturdy, right? I I couldn't use it. I couldn't enjoy it. It didn't even look like the picture on the box because I hadn't followed the designer's instructions, So I had to take it all apart and spread out the pieces and then I opened up the manual and I followed it one step at a time and oh, the enjoyment and the fulfillment and the happiness that came when it actually looked and functioned and performed the way it had been designed to. Yeah, you follow that. Maybe you can relate with that, right? I gotta open the manual more often. The same, though, is true for God's people who dwell in and do as God's word prescribes. 
In that process, we are made holy as God is holy. And that holiness, hear me out on this, it produces enjoyment, fulfillment, and happiness. And happiness. Number two, happiness. Look at verse 14 with me. The scripture-shaped way of life brings as much delight to the psalmist as all the riches of the world. That's a serious statement. And he declares in verse 16, he delights in God's word so much, he will not forget it. He won't ignore it. He won't neglect to it or, or just simply not get to it. God's word fills up his thoughts, verse 15. It fills up his mouth, verse 13. It fills up his heart, verse 11, because, verse 12, the statutes of the blessed Lord are a blessing to God's people. So, church, understand with me here what the psalmist is so clearly implying Look, we've been designed and our designer has laid out instructions to us that accord with his design for us and when we embrace our designer's instructions in the pursuit of holiness, it can't not lead us to a deeper happiness because we're functioning as we are designed to function. If we could only be convinced of this, it would it would revolutionize the way we approach scripture, wouldn't it? And look, I realize that living according to God's word, you know, it, 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 it isn't always easy. I know my own heart, the, the, the pride and anger and lust and greed and self-justification that is always whispering to my own heart and it can often lure me away from the holy happiness I've been designed for. The same is true for all of us, but that does not mean that we don't get back on the saddle each new day that God gives us by God's strength to resubmit to him our lives that he not only made he purchased by his blood I mean this life is not my own I'd like to think that it is and I often act that it is but it's not and neither is yours I mean look getting back on the on the saddle of leaning into reading God's word reflecting on what it is saying and then responding with doing look getting back on the saddle of that uh Soldiers, look, they don't stop pursuing the happiness of freedom when they lose merely a battle, do they? No. Athletes don't stop pursuing the happiness of victory when, when training gets difficult, right? Farmers don't stop pursuing the happiness of harvest when sowing seed gets tiresome. And so it is with the people of God who believe that a harvest of righteousness awaits them as their lives increasingly take on the shape of Christ and the word of Christ. So as we prepare to step into a new year, it's my prayer, and it's the prayer of all of the Oaks pastors that God's spirit might deepen our desire to read, to reflect on, to respond to God's word like this psalmist. Now I'll give you some immediate rubber meeting the road application to this. 
we have purchased a year subscription to the Dwell Bible app. And here is what we're inviting each of you to, to do with us. Commit 10 to 15 minutes a day this year as a whole church family to journey through the whole Bible. Uh, and the Dwell Bible app, which I'll explain more about, specializes in listening. They have eight, nine, ten different voices of very skilled readers who read the word, and there is something to be said about hearing the word. So much of the word was heard over decades, and there's something to be said about listening to it. Now, I have used the Dwell Bible app all year. I absolutely love it. Within the app, you can choose between seven year-long reading plans that include the straight-through plan, the chronological plan, my favorite, the five-day-a-week plan, and, and there are more, and the app automatically loads each day's passage. It shows you how far along you are. You can choose between a myriad of skilled readers, both male and female, to read the daily passage out loud. You can speed up their reading, like I do, to 1.25, you know, because I, I like to go at a, at, a, at a faster clip. You can speed it up. You can slow it down. You can add beautiful original scores and music to the background. And you can even follow along and, and visually follow either on your phone or right here as you hear the word read. And it's all within the app and it's very simple to use. And let me tell you this. I have been drawn into my daily reading, listening, more so this year than probably ever before, there is something to be said about hearing the word read very well. And it, it, it is in, it's, it's entrancing. I kind of don't want the day's reading to be done, and it's only about 10 to 15 minutes a day. So here is why this commercial is here. It's the last Sunday of 2020, right? And as we ponder the upcoming year, however many days the Lord graciously gives to us, would you commit with me, with one another? Let's journey through God's word together at a pace of roughly 10 to 15 minutes a day. And to set it up in your bulletin, all you need to do is scan the QR code with uh, your phone camera, download the app, Choose which plan you'd like to use and start listening. You can listen while you drive to or from work, while you eat breakfast, while you take a lunch break, while you're getting settled at night, getting your pajamas on, all that stuff. And we can do it each day. And if God gives us tomorrow, then wow, wonderful. He gives us tomorrow and we get to do it all over again. And then again, and then again, and then again. And while you listen, or if you're already in a rhythm of Bible reading, ask yourself reflecting questions like these. What does this passage tell me about God and about how to relate to him? What does this passage tell me about people and about how to relate to them? What does this passage tell me to think or believe or desire, or to do. And after you've reflected in that way on a, on a brief passage of scripture, consider then the next 12 or so waking hours as an opportunity, as an invitation to respond with our lives. 
And in so doing, I pray that like what you know, we see in this Psalm 119, I pray that we experience the happiness of heart, of dwelling in God's word and doing God's word because he is an absolutely brilliant designer. He's laid it all out and, and we get to simply respond. And so I hope that that's what our year looks like. And if you're wondering about this happiness of heart, I, this, this verse just kept coming to mind over and over. It's a gospel verse, Romans 8, 32. Look, God who did not spare his own son, he gave him up for us all. So how will he not graciously give us all things? Right? I think that that, you know, Paul isn't saying it here, but I think heart happiness is in view right there. Of course, he's going to, God provides for our needs for sure, but how will the Lord graciously not give? Look, he put his son on a cross, and Jesus willingly hung on a cross. If he went that far to demonstrate his love for us, how much more will he graciously give us things like a fulfilled heart? Like the, the energy, the stamina to do what his word says, to delight in it, to actually be consistent in our devotion to, to, to this, to what it says. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not graciously give us all things? The, the answer to that is he will graciously give us all things. He absolutely will. And so let's take this year together. This is the, the invitation we have this Dwell Bible app we've secured. We have a hundred licenses that came with the, 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 the subscription. I'd love it if all of you would join me and all of our church family who is not here today would join me in this. And at the end of the year, how's this for bribery? At the end of the year, if Jesus hasn't returned, we'll put together some sort of awesome celebratory banquet and we'll all celebrate together. And we'll give ourselves a little pat on the back that we all made it through. And then guess what? If next year comes, we'll do it again, right? Would you pray with me? And we will continue to sing. Oh, Father, how can a young man or a middle-aged man like myself keep his way pure by guarding my way according to your word? And... And that desire, or even that understanding, Lord, that has not originated within myself, but God the Holy Spirit, you have made me new, and my brothers and sisters in Christ, you have made us new to, to acknowledge uh, your worth and your word and to desire uh, to do uh, and to live as you have laid out for us uh, you are such a brilliant designer and I thank you for that. And I pray that this time together and this little just quick uh, tip of the iceberg look at Psalm 119, uh, what it, I pray what it does is that it, it plants deep within us a, a fervor, a hunger, a desire and a willingness to be consistently just a little bit each day in your word and to be shaped by it for your glory and for our, our, our heart happiness. We pray this 
in Jesus' name. Amen.